police in the morning. Holy hair, I'm a tale so sordid, gory, and downright laughable, it had to be told. If you gasped at Pink Flamingos, giggled at Night of the Living Dead, and embarrassed yourself at the The Rocky Horror Picture Show, you'll eat up this high scream treat of horror hilarity. A chainsaw-wielding killer is terrorizing Pittsburgh, removing select body parts from its victims. The only clues point to a bizarre Egyptian ritual for the dead. Two deadbeat detectives track the killer to Egypt Town, where they confront deadly ninjas, tasteless cooks, and a beautiful roller skating waitress, while trying to stop a cannibalistic crazy from turning Pittsburgh into blood soup. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here review B-Movies the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Well, here we are. It's July, which means it's my birthday month, and I get to choose the, the features and the theme, I just, you know, I've missed that wine of the VCR so much that I was like, you know what, it's time we have a good old VHS month. So every movie we're watching this month happens to be on VHS that I own copies of. And, you know, I'm just, I'm so happy to get back to it because, you know, that those high quality DVDs and Blu-ray and streaming can only satisfy you so much. But that true graininess of film projected from whatever electronic wizardry on your screen from that VHS. Oh, that just brings something to my soul that can't be satisfied any other way. Oh yeah, nothing like the smell of mildew and baking soda to really get you in the mood to watch a movie. So, what you heard was the back of the VHS box for the 1991 film Bloodsucking Pharaohs in Pittsburgh. So, let's just dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. I think, since it's my birthday, I want to I start off on the bottom here. Get the bad out of the way first. There you go. We've been doing the top too much, so may as well, you know, stir the bottom and climb our way up. Yeah, we've been getting a little top-heavy there. So, for me, number three on the bottom. As someone who has lived in the Pittsburgh area for most of my life, there is no Little Egypt in Pittsburgh. I wish there was... But there isn't. So this movie, you know, kind of inaccurate there. I don't know if there's a Little Egypt anywhere. I've never heard of that. I've heard of, like, Chinatown, Little Italy. Um, I don't even think Pittsburgh really has that kind of stuff. I think Pitts- Pittsburgh has, like, a Deutsch town and a Polish hill, like. Yeah, and it's just, like, a street with maybe, like, a store there. They've got, like, a Polish food place. Yeah. Not no. really the type of city for that. Number two. There are neither bloodsuckers nor pharaohs in this movie, as the title would imply. Unless, of course, you count the shop vac that's used to suck out somebody's intestines. But even that's a bit of a stretch. Doesn't count. Number one, again, going back to the title, it's Bloodsucking Pharaohs in Pittsburgh. This movie does not once mention, throughout its entirety, the fact that it is taking place in Pittsburgh. The only thing that I saw and recognized as Pittsburgh was a fucking bus stop sign. And I don't know if they use those bus stop signs anywhere else in the world or in other cities in the U.S., but that's the only thing that I saw that connected it to Pittsburgh, other than the title and the credits of the film. Yeah, not a single Yins or Red Up or Steelers reference or no, Dumb Bands. No Chip Dam Sandwiches or... Whatever you people in this uh, state like to say. Hoagies or drinking pop. Yeah, fucking Pittsburghies. No offense to Pittsburghers. Like, well, us. Number three. 
half the scenes of this movie, like you said, were kind of disconnected from the other half of the film, and it seemed like the side stories didn't really fit in naturally with the rest of the film. Like, it, the whole thing seemed like it was thrown together very haphazardly. I didn't really mind it, but if you have, like, OCD, you'll probably hate this movie. Yeah, the coherency just really isn't there through most of it. Number two. So this movie's about a, an hour and a half long, but it definitely feels like it's a lot longer at times. It's not the best pace, I think, because it feels so jumbled. You don't really know where it's going, and you don't really feel like you have it. You have really something you're following. You feel like you're just, like, on the fly seeing what's going on. Like, it's like, um... It's like watching an episode of uh, Dragon Ball Z where it's like, oh, what's Akira Toriyama going to write now? He doesn't know either, but hopefully this will come together because no one goes super slow in this movie or, you know, use the Kamehameha wave. You were expecting the second impact, but it was I, Dio. (laughs) That that, that was just beautiful. (laughs) That was a perfect line. (laughs) But number one, for a movie called Bloodsucking Pharaohs in Pittsburgh, there was a severe lack of bloodsucking pharaohs. In fact, there were... Zero blood-sucking pharaohs throughout the entire film. And, like you said before, I don't think they mentioned the city of Pittsburgh even once. It could have taken place in any small, not New New York City city that was in America and not, like, Tokyo or anything like that. I mean, it, it easily could have been remedied if, like, the main villain was, like, the descendant of a pharaoh or something, like... Like, how do you mess up a title like Bloodsucking Pharaohs in Pittsburgh? It could have been basically anything. Like, this movie could have been fucking Wicker Man and, like, you know, been the same kind of thing, except not as good and, you know, didn't have Nicolas Cage in it. I mean, I haven't seen as much much of a misleading title since Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter, that blasphemic piece of shit. I have a theory that... Bloodsucking Ferris from Pittsburgh wasn't the original title, but it sounded cool, so, like, whoever was advertising the movie's like, yeah, you should call it this, even though it has nothing to do with this. Well, on to the top three. And, you know, maybe I mentioned before, maybe not, but spoiler alert, friends, if you haven't seen this movie in the last, like, 30 years. So, Sweeney's wife subplot is the number three for me. You know, she's trying to quit smoking, and it somehow turns her into the Egyptian god Anubis, and... It's a fantastic thing where, like, the whole time she's, like, going through therapy and stuff, I'm like, like, where is this going? Why is this even a thing? And then, bam, she shows up as the god Anubis to scare off the Egyptians. Like, like, what the f- where did- how? That's how all, like, rehab should be. It's like, one day you're a drug addict, and the next day you're fucking the god of, um, death. Number- Your fucking electric hair and shit like that. <laughs> Number two. So, the killer in this movie uses a plethora of power tools to vary their method of murder. I mean, you got fucking hedge clippers and leaf blowers and shop vacs and chainsaws and shit. I don't think that one person was murdered the same way as anyone else, and I like that in a movie. When you got when you have a serial killer or, you know, a slasher or whatever you want to consider them, you know, have them use various ways. Don't, don't make it boring and the same thing over and over. So, kudos... Not blood-sucking pharaoh, but revenge villain. Gotta enjoy your job. Number one, this movie never takes itself seriously, and it just makes it all the more fun to watch. I mean, overall, it, it truly is a comedy, but I think it balances out some 
horror thriller and mystery elements to keep it overall intriguing but above all else it's the laughs that really got me through yeah so interesting thing my top three are pretty much the same as yours like uh maybe worried a little bit differently but yeah i had basically the same thoughts um woo happy birthday Corey! i agree with you (laughs) that's your gift happy birthday (laughs) so number three There were a few side plots in this movie that were kind of forced into it, like I said, but honestly, they made for some of the best scenes in the entire film. Most notably, the detective's wife going through rehab, and, you know, at one point she gets, um, a bunch of people in ape costumes, um, hit her with a fucking, uh, fire hose, or a bunch of fire hoses, um, then she gets, like, electric, like, um, fucking... Cattle prodded. Cattle prods. And then the next one, there's this, like, big black dude who's just, like, punching her in the face every time she, she lights up. Like, that that was, that was some great scenes. Like, it barely fit in. Like, she somehow becomes the... Comes Anubis, or... I, I don't even know if she became Anubis or just pretending to be, but it was very forced, which, you know, I was okay with, but, you know, those scenes in general were just great. Every time I hear someone say the word fire hose, all I can think of is... Timmy found the marble in the oatmeal. He gets to drink from the fire hose. <laughs> I love you, HF. Oh, man. Number two. So, the killer in this movie kills her, yes, I said her, sorry spo- for spoilers, um, victims in some really creative ways. Like Corey said, like, at first she uses like, an electric heads trimmer to like cut this one woman, and then the next one she uses a leaf blower or leaf sucker to, like, I don't know, like, blow someone's, like... I think it's, like, sucks up their, like, insides or something like that. And, like, poor pup that got caught in the crossfires. And then later on, she, she's, like, using a jackhammer on this one woman. And, like, she somehow manages to, like, tie up these hookers with duct tape. And they just... I don't know, they'll be... They're screaming. They don't actually fight back. And it was definitely creative, you know. I, I Kudos to that. And number one... Like Corey said, this movie never took itself seriously. Kind of knew that it was meant to be ridiculous and not taken seriously, and there was just this constant sense of self-awareness throughout the hour-and-a-half runtime, which was really nice to see. One of the things we really didn't talk about was the dialogue, but we, of course, have enough to give ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war. Quote war. I'll kick things off this time with, here's your breakfast, paella and pinto beans, real healthy. Just what in the Sam fucking hill is going on here? You're fat and ugly. Let's freshen up a bit and see what Mr. Zucchini has to say about it. Yes, beautiful lady. How may I be of assistance? You can kiss your father in hell. Tomato salmon casserole. I like kinky too. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this film or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. Yeah, so I kind of feel bad. So this episode is actually going to be coming out on Corey's birthday, and sorry for calling you fat and ugly on your birthday. Yeah, it's just a daily occurrence. But I did call you a beautiful lady, so if that, that makes up for it, happy birthday, Corey. Thank you, Paul. I think it's time to give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. One to ten, one being the best, ten being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a three out of ten. I also gave it a three out of ten. 
So, Bloodsucking Pharaohs in Pittsburgh is a low-budget serial killer buddy cop Egyptian exploitation film. This movie may be in its own subgenre, and it deserves to stand out on its own. Never having an official DVD release to my knowledge, boy, am I glad that I was able to pick it up at a department store for $2 more than a decade ago. You know, the, the humor in this is just spot on for me. The gore is just right, and it has Pittsburgh in a title. Sold. Sure, it's low quality, and every character is an asshole in their own special way. But they all fit together to make this fucked up shit show of a movie worth watching, if you can find a copy, that is. Bloodsucking Ferris from Pittsburgh is a movie that does not live up to its namesake at all. Having a total of zero bloodsucking pharaohs and not mentioning the city of Pittsburgh once throughout its hour and a half runtime. Disappointing for sure. However, what it did have was a nonsensical plot about a couple of detectives trying to catch a serial killer who targets hookers from Las Vegas or something like that. It's a nonsensical story with lots of crude jokes, decently funny, funny dialogue, and has a sense of humor about itself. It never takes it seriously, and while it may not be a great film, it's certainly it's certainly fun. As long as you're not expecting to actually see blood-sucking pharaohs in Pittsburgh and have low standards going into it, you're bound to have a pretty fun time. Well, that's it for our final take. You know, whether you like this movie or not, want to have more fun or forget about it, there are always ways to drink away the stick. Drink away the stick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away this flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give some drinking games for this film, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time Joe throws up, take a drink. Number two, every time Sweeney's wife is smoking, take a drink. Number three, whenever the chief is yelling, take a drink. Number four, anytime someone is wearing a fez, take a drink. Number five, of course, because it's VHS month, anytime anybody mentions location, drink. And bonus game for VHS month, if you're watching something on VHS, anytime your tracking kicks in on the VCR, take a drink. It's music to my ears. Every time someone mentions salmon tomato casserole, take a drink. Every time someone mentions a city that isn't Pittsburgh, take a drink. Every time someone is killed using a different yard tool, take a drink. And every time someone is wearing a mask, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any other thoughts about this movie or anything else Beamer related, you can leave us a comment on either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at beamerbros.gmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com, beamerbros, follow, follow us on Twitter at beamerbros, or my personal Twitter at beamerpaul. You can also check out all our other content on our website, beamerbros.com, where we have new shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or our Patreon accounts. Link right below. We come to the end of week one for VHS month. And so, of course, in the number one spot is going to be Bloodsucking Pharaohs in Pittsburgh. Yeah, to be honest, if, it, if that ends up being the top one, well, wasn't terrible. Well, you know, these Bloodsucking Pharaohs have a little bit of competition because next week we're going to be taking another look at a 90s film, the 1992 film Zipper Face. Oh my, one of the lesser known uh, slasher ki killers, I'm guessing. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get over there. Oh, see, little guy.